for Christmas Day. It's that time of year again when people all over Ireland and the UK belt out the most offensive Christmas song ever written. You're an old on Fairy Tale of New York, much like the city and the song lyrics, actually has quite a dark past. Hey doll. Oh yeah. Fairy Tale of New York is an incredibly famous Christmas song, recorded by the Pogues, featuring singer-songwriter Kirsty McCall, who plays the female character and the Pogues' infamous singer Shane McGowan taking the role of the male character. I love the fairy tale of New York song, but there is a lot more to this Christmas classic than meets the ear. Let's talk about it. The Pogues. Fairy Tale of New York was written and recorded by London-based Irish Celtic punk band, say that 10 times fast, The Pogues. The Pogues were originally called Pogue Mahone. In Irish Gaelic, this translates to kiss my arse. However, Scottish Gaelic speakers complained about the name of their band, like, okay, okay, Scotland. And hence, the band name was shortened to The Pogues. So now it's The Kiss. The Pogues rose to prominence in the early 1980s, being featured by the BBC, Radio 1 and Channel 4. Could they not get this dog to sit still? It's blurry. The hell? And the Pogues did well for themselves. Eventually they were signed by Stiff Records and produced by Elvis Costello. They opened for The Clash in 1984 and many of the Pogues songs were featured in Alex Cox's movies, Sid and Nancy biopic and Straight to Hell action comedy. The Pogues were popular and were making good money. However, forever, a dark cloud loomed over the band. Like many punk bands, they took punk too seriously. They were erratic, violent, stubborn addicts. Not to mention it definitely showed in singer and lyricist Shane McGowan's teeth. So gross. Definitely. Thankfully for us and for the rest of time, I suppose, the Pogues were able to struggle on until 1987 when they released Fairy Tale of New York. The song actually took like a whole two years to come to fruition, fruition, to be born, undergoing rewrites, re-recordings and a female vocal change. But it was eventually released as a single on the 23rd of November 1987. The song reached number one in the Irish charts and number two in the British charts over the Christmas period, which is the peak of music sales. The song has become a Christmas and New Year's classic in the UK and Ireland over the years. In the UK, Fairy Tale of New York is the most played Christmas song of the 21st century. Suck it, Mariah Carey. Some people in the UK even call it the best Christmas song of all time. Although my favourite has got to be Wizard. Oh, I wish it could be Christmas every day. Of course, we have to talk about the naughty word that I cannot say on here, but it rhymes with maggot. You cheap lousy This word was briefly censored in 2007 by the BBC for obvious reasons. However, following protests, the censorship was lifted. I mean, I'm not sure where I stand on the use of this word. I remember I worked in Clark's shoe shop for years and I remember being surprised every year that the song was being played and that word was just belted 
in this in the retail shop. But I guess the whole point of the song is that they are scummy, belligerent, depressed alcoholics in the drunk tank, arguing, reminiscing and bickering on Christmas Eve. They're meant to be on junk, the big H. I don't know. I don't know enough about writing music, lyricists. Uh, I don't know enough to endorse nor condemn. I just is it's just happening to me. The song just happens. Music video. Part of the music video was filmed inside a real police station on the Lower East Side, New York. And a young Matt Dillon plays a police officer who arrests Shane McGowan and apparently on set in the police station, the Pogues were drinking. Like they were drunk, like they're punks. And we, Matt Dillon, had to intervene and convince the real working police to not arrest the drunk Irish punks. Like how, like how friggin' random is that? Like Matt Dillon. So, like so uh, pivotal to the music video of this song. <laughs> Speaking about the police, the chorus of the song includes the line, the boys of the NYPD choir still singing Galway Bay. Well, in reality, the NYPD does not have a choir. Instead, they have a pipes and drums band who were featured in the music video. The pump pumps, the pipes and drums band did not know the Galway Bay song. So they all sang a song, they all knew the words too, which was the Mickey Mouse Club TV show. So for the... <laughs> Weird, right? So in reality, in the music video, they're playing the uh, Mickey Mouse theme song and the editors just had to slow it down and snip it apart to make it fit. Weird. Also, these guys, the pipes and drums, they started drinking too and they got drunker than the punks and and they refused to work unless they were supplied with more booze. What a mess. Anyway, back to the band. In the late 80s, early 90s, the band was at the peak of its commercial success with multiple albums making the top five in the UK. However, Shane McGowan was increasingly unreliable. He failed to turn up to their 1988 tour of America and prevented the band from promoting their new album, Hellstitch. In 1991, the Pogues sacked Shane following a chaotic live performance in Japan. Oh God, his teeth are so nasty. For five years, the Pogues went on to have some success without Shane, although members came and went. In 1996, the remaining members decided to call it quits. Quite a few years later, the Pogues went back on tour and toured with Dropkick Murphys, who I love. Yeah. That year, they re-released Fairy Tale of New York. Okay, now maybe this is just me, but I thought Shane McGowan was dead. Like, I was sure of it. My mum told me he OD'd. Or maybe she was just saying that to keep me away from drugs. Worked. <laughs> At the time of recording, Shane McGowan is still alive. Although he has been in intensive care for the past few months after being diagnosed with viral encephalitis, which is a serious condition where the brain becomes inflamed with Shane McGowan's health deteriorating. Uh, there's been a lot of bets placed that Fairytale of New York will finally reach the Christmas UK number one. 
It's a bit grim. Blazing bets that if he dies, it'll reach number one. Kirsty McCall. Kirsty McCall was born in South London, daughter of folk singer Ewan McCall, who wrote Dirty Old Town. Kirsty gained recognition slowly, singing backing vocals for various bands. She was noticed when performing with band Drug Addicts. Stiff Records didn't think much of the band. Drug Addicts. It's a bit on the nose. Oh, let me guess. You're a punk band who does drugs. Oh, oh, how anarchist of you. Anyway, Stiff Records liked Kirsty and offered her a solo contract deal, which I'm sure she seized. It was not smooth sailing for Kirsty, however. She had a pretty turbulent solo career. Her first solo single peaked at number two for Radio Airplay. However, a distributor strike prevented the single from being physically sent to the physical stores, meaning the song didn't chart, which obviously sucked for Kirsty. And from then on, Kirsty was on and off again with different record labels. Throughout the 80s, her albums were critically acclaimed and her singles sporadically entered the charts, but never quite dominating in her own right. And you can look at Kirsty's career in like a glasses half empty, glasses half full. Yes, she never reached the heights of Tracy Ullman or Bette Midler, famous singers who actually covered Kirsty's works. In 2000, Kirsty released to critical acclaim Tropical Brainstorm, featuring the song In These Shoes. Doll, this song is amazing. <laughs> I had never heard it before until doing like this research. It's a bit like Shania Twain's song in these shoes Kirsty, I guess is approached and propositioned by all these men to which Kirsty replies in these shoes I don't think so it's really good I'm gonna listen to it again the song was a hit covered by other singers featured in tv shows and the film version of one of my favorite musicals Kinky Boots it is actually quite macabre, very dark, foreboding, foreshadowing that Kirsty would entitle one of her best performing albums, Tropical Brainstorm, because uh, it would also be her last. In December 2000, Kirsty was on BBC Radio in Cuba. She then flew to Mexico for a much-needed holiday with her sons and boyfriend. Only a week before Christmas, Kirsty and her sons were taking part in a group dive at the National Marine Park Chanakab Reef, a designated diving area where watercraft are restricted from entering. And I think you can tell where this is going. As the dive group was surfacing, a powerboat traveling at a very high speed entered the restricted area. Kirsty saw the boat coming, but her 15-year-old Jamie didn't. Instinctually, Kirsty pushed her son out of the way. Jamie sustained some minor head and rib injuries, but Kirsty was full-on struck hard by the powerboat. She suffered severe head and chest injuries and died instantly. Thankfully, she didn't suffer. Oh, God, I can imagine the trauma 
her poor children suffered like they were there in the water when it happened right 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 in front of you you know and it's so close to christmas it's such a cruel like twist of fate one of the most popular christmas songs in the uk and ireland played every year features your mother imagine every christmas every december hearing her voice on the radio in the pubs in the shops singing what is actually a tragic christmas song on the anniversary of her tragic christmas death and it's christmas like it's her poor boys forever and her it's so intertwined Kirsty McCall's body was brought back to the UK and cremated after a funeral service. Okay, so who's who's to blame? Apparently, the driver of the powerboat involved in the collision was controlled by Guillermo Gonzalez Nova, multi-millionaire president of a supermarket chain. An employee of Mr. Nova, Jose Senyan, told police that he was driving the boat. This was disputed by eyewitnesses. There were other divers. There were people who seen who was driving the boat. Jose went on and he said that he was not speeding in the restricted waters and that he was only going one knot, whatever that means. This was also disputed by the eyewitnesses. Despite all the confounding eyewitness statements, and evidence, Jose was found guilty of culpable homicide and sentenced to two years and 10 months in prison. It's not over, it's not, it gets worse. Get this. He was allowed under Mexican law to pay a punitive fine of about 60 pounds in lieu of a prison sentence. Yes. This is the world. This is the world we live in. He was also ordered to pay about £1,500 in restitution to the McCall family. Oh, great. Yeah. I'm all better now. This amount was worked out based on his wages, which is like very low. He works for a million, whatever. Like how disgusting is this? He didn't even serve time. And he did, it wasn't even him. We know it wasn't even him. People who spoke with Jose after everything, he he said, he confessed, he said, yeah, I took the blame for money. He got paid to take the blame. There was a Justice for Kirsty campaign. It lasted about nine years. Unfortunately, it wasn't very successful in getting answers from those truly responsible for Kirsty's death. As the Mexican police and like upper government officials just like refused to cooperate. Uh, like they would say that they would and then they just didn't. In 2009, the Justice for Kirsty campaign said that they believed they had went as far as they could and the campaign was disbanded. At least, at least they got that. One and a half grand. 
In 2023, a plaque was unveiled at Kirsty's former home in West London. But something more romantic started in 2001. A bench was placed at the entrance to London's Soho Square as a memorial to Kirsty. There is a lyric from one of her most poignant songs. It reads, One day I'll be waiting there, no empty bench in Soho Square. Every year, on the Sunday nearest to Kirsty McCall's birthday, the 10th of October, fans from all over the world hold a gathering at the bench to pay tribute to her and they sing her songs, which I think is just lovely, but still like so tragic, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a bummer. What a bad idea. <laughs> well, we're at the end now, it's over. I hope I haven't ruined Fairy Tale of New York for you. Kind of ruined it for myself. Nah, nah. I think it gives it more meaning, more depth. Merry Christmas. Hope home. <laughs> Slan.